We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number two underway, and we are underway into the NFL season tonight, but we're going to talk some college football as we move along here on the program. Each and every Thursday this fall, our insider out of K-State, go powercat.com. You can check out all his work there. Always active on Twitter. And, uh, Tim, we got something for you here. Very topical. Oh, boy. In the moment. Oh, boy. (laughs) Here we go. Now, Tim, watch your language here. This is a family show. It's a family-oriented show here. Okay. This is in the news. This is is topical because here we go again. We're gonna we're gonna try and get this thing under control. It's not sandstorm now that becomes the problem, but the Wabash Cannonball. So for those, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. Glad to get Tim in on this because he has thoughts. I know he does. I've seen him on social media. (laughs) Basically, Sandstorm's taken away, so the students have hijacked the Wabash Cannonball. And now you've got the alumni riled up a little bit. Tim, why do we do this every year? I don't don't know. I feel like chanting KFH to that, uh, but... I, I just couldn't bust okay. the rhythm this morning. Careful with the F portion of that. Yeah, I know. There's, a, there's <laughs> two of the right letters in there. Um, yeah, it's a mess. I mean, it really is. And, you know, you're trying to tell college kids what to do, and anyone who's been around college kids knows that doesn't always go well. So um, we'll see how it's sorted out. But as of now, it sounds like they're not going to be playing the Wabash Cannonball, one of the great traditions at Kansas State, uh, until they can get this calmed down, which – it's a shame because the K-State student body as a whole is amazing. And, you know, it's not the whole student body. It's just enough to make it uh, audible, and it's not good. So the administration's taking another crack at it. And I think they're going to take a little more subtle crack this time around, although it kind of spun out of control yesterday, as we saw on social media. Hey, Tim, so Jacob and I have gone back and forth on this over the last 24 hours or so, and, and I think he and I are both on – opposite ends of this spectrum and opposite ends of the argument. I actually think you and I line up a little bit more on this. And, and I said on the program yesterday that really it's, it's K-State, the administration, they have to at least appear like they're doing something to stop this. Whether or not they feel like they can, they have to at least actually come out publicly and, and say that. And so Gene Taylor is on the record now saying that this is something that needs to stop. And from what you just said, it looks like the Wabash Cannonball may be taken away entirely. So from your perspective, is this something that you think that 
K-State administration can actually legitimately stop happening? Or is it more of like they, they have to say this? Well, it's a mess, by the way. House cleaners, which I'm being alarmed or alerted that the house cleaners are fainting. Um, yeah, I don't think they can stop it. I, I don't. I think the students have to stop it. They have to do it internally. Uh, they have to come together and kind of self-police and decide enough's enough. And I'm not sure that will get done. Um, we'll see. The, the, the irony is this goes back to a previous athletic and academic administration um, that kind of took harshly, uh, took away Sandstorm. And this has been like an 11-year process to arrive at this. It's kind of started last year, but... Boy, it was really audible. It was really uh, noticeable in the pregame of South Dakota. So it's gonna, the students are going to have to decide we need to stop this at Wabash. And they actually have a crack at getting Sandstorm back because Jerome Tang wants it. And he's trying to get them to you know, get back to the KSU and not make it about your, your rival, um, particularly in games that aren't with your rival, which is what a lot of people have problems. Here's my issue with it. I, I don't mind I'm not I'm not saying that it's not an issue for the things that you've brought up, Tim, on social media, for families that are there, for recruits and their families, all those things. I'm not saying those aren't real issues. I'm saying lecturing teenagers about doing mm-hmm. something is not the way to talk to a teenager or get something accomplished. Unless something has changed since I was a teenager, which I don't think it has. So if you're not going to achieve the goal you want to you know you're not going to achieve the goal you want to. Why would you then also take away a tradition that everybody loves? I just don't think it's effective, and I think, quite frankly, I think it's pointless because it's not going to do anything. You've got West Virginia fans chanting every game. You've got LSU fans chanting every game. These kids are having fun. They're paying a lot of money to be there. They're doing all this stuff. It's what they want to do. You're not going to stop it by saying, if you don't stop this, we're going to take away your Wabash Cannonball. Because you know what they're going to do? They're just going to start chanting it at a random time without a song to chant it to. I mean, that's what's next. So now you've lost Sandstorm. You've lost Wabash Cannonball. You've accomplished nothing. You know you're going to accomplish nothing. So what's the point of even riling up the rest of the fan base who would be genuinely and legitimately upset if they lost Wabash Cannonball? A lot of valid points, and I think the way you uh, address this is where this has gone sideways for quite a while now. I mean, they uh, it, it started with just immediately removing Sandstorm and telling them you got to stop and lecturing them, as you said. And I think there was a tone of that uh, yesterday when news came out that the band is kind of pushing for it to, to be removed. At least it was interpreted that way. So that's what I mean. It, you're going to have to have the students decide enough is enough. Look, this was never part of the traditions at K-State, and let's save it for, you know, just a couple games a year. I, I, I don't know if it'll happen. And, you know, both sides are kind of painting themselves in the corner now where they don't want to budge, and that's never a good place to get when you're in an argument. Well, my final point on this before we actually talk about some some football is that this weekend – K-State and Missouri, if you want to get two teams together that both hate the same school, I mean, this might not be the right week to try to legislate removing that chant because you're probably going to get both sides cheering it. So uh, I can't imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, I can't imagine that this weekend is the weekend for that chant to go away. Well, what's funny is uh, 
you might get the students to stop saying F- FKU to the Wabash Cannonball, but the Missouri section will start it instead this week. So <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a good combination here. It's going to be a tough battle this weekend on and off the field for Kansas State. It, it's to, I, I think get with the students. Here, here's what I would do, and then we'll transition to football. Here's what I would do if I'm in charge. One, Bill Snyder can't get them to stop. Nobody's getting them to stop. The the flipping stadium's named after him, okay? So that's not going to work. Asking them to stop is not going to work. How about a compromise? How about saying, all right, students, here's what we want to do. We're going to – do students, by the way, do students pay for their tickets, Tim? They do pay for their tickets. There are no okay. uh, student fees or athletic uh, funding. So here's, here's what I do. Here's what I do. I say, students, here's what here's what we're going to do. Let's let's compromise. We're going to give every student on campus one free ticket to a football game a year. This is what we're asking of you. We're going to give you one free ticket. You get one free ticket. All we ask in return is that you save that chant for when we play KU. When we play KU, we'll play Sandstorm. We'll you know we'll do what we can. Fans will know. Cover your kids' ears. We're going to give you that one. When we play KU, we'll give it to you. We'll give you one free ticket a year. Right to every student that wants to sign up and go, and all we ask in return is that when we're not playing KU, we change that chant to KSU. Everybody wins. It'll help our coaches in their recruiting. Here's the olive branch. Let's take it. Let's move forward. I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna now name you uh, secondary university president. I don't know that. Right. Kind of float f- float that up the ladder. Let's squash this right now. Get get whoever it is. Get Gene Taylor on the horn. Let's get that done. I'll uh, I'll let you be my ambassador on that, uh, oh, and, and we'll, we'll get not a good idea. we'll get this we'll get this solved. We'll we'll fix it. We'll figure no, this out. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk football. Be an ambassador. Okay. Yeah, do you do. You do. You <laughs> you got the right connections there. Okay, Missouri. This is uh, this is really interesting to me. I'm I'm very very excited about this because I suspect it will be a more true test for the passing game now, not just with Adrian Martinez, but with Colin Klein. We just didn't need it in the opener, and we got to know if it's there, right? Like, we need this test for K-State to know what they're going to do in the passing game this year. Yeah. um, They didn't need the deep ball uh, last week. They weren't aggressive in the passing game at all. They didn't need it. They went 34 to nothing without showing much of the playbook. But we're all left wondering, can he do it? Yeah, I mean, is he ready to do it? Is he gun shy? Is he, um, you know, too afraid of turnovers? Does he not know the system well enough? Meanwhile, on the other side of the football, you got a Missouri team that uh, absolutely stifled the run against Louisiana Tech, but also gave up more than 300 yards of passing and three deep touchdowns. So you're kind of like something's got to give here. Either K State can do it against these guys, or um, you know. Missouri just had a bad week. I don't know. I, I I'm confident he's going to be able to. He's going to be fine. I'm not that worried about it. I just would agree. I agree with everyone else. I'd feel a lot better if we'd seen it in game one, to a degree. But it. Everyone says it's there. It's ready to go, and we're going to find out a lot more. Let's put it this way: next week's segment will be interesting, one way or the other. Yeah. One thing I mentioned when we were previewing this game a couple of days ago on the program, Tim, is that. Really, last season, Missouri's Achilles heel was their defense, and especially the defense against the pass. And so you've kind of got a situation now where, um, you know, yeah, they gave up over 300 yards of passing last week against Louisiana Tech. 
Adrian Martinez is there, hasn't really shown that he can throw the deep ball, but didn't really need to in, in week one against South Dakota. What's your assessment of where Missouri's defense is? I mean, I know that you said that they stifled the running game, but when you compare that with what Deuce Vaughn can do on the ground and really the unknown with Adrian Martinez, I'm kind of stumped on exactly what direction this game is going to go. Yeah, you're right. They're going to probably try to do a lot of the same things based on what K-State showed, but um, they also didn't show much in the running game. I know they had three rushing touchdowns, but as far as I can recall, that was three of the few times that they tried to go around the end on South Dakota, and they all went for touchdowns. So they pretty much stuck to an interior running game. Uh, They didn't also show any kind of uh, run-pass option or, uh, you know, quarterback uh, reads with uh, Deuce and Adrian. They didn't show any of that, and that's all in there. Um, And, of course, a lot more with the quarterback run game, which is a Colin Klein thing. So, you know, I'm not – when I say they didn't throw the ball deep, they also didn't show much of anything on offense. And trying to stop that against a really physical uh, Kansas State offensive line will be a much bigger test for a rebuilt Missouri defense because this was a dreadful defense a year ago. So anytime they have some good news, which was stopping the run, they're going to celebrate. But does that translate to a better opponent? Well, Missouri's going to find out. When when I look at this, I, I think one thing, and I, I don't, I believe you are uh, declining most of the sports wager. I don't know if you're doing that, but K State's they they were around seven and a half, eight and a half. I feel like K State's going to provide a little bit of a value early in the season because I don't think Tim nationally people are aware of just how good this defense might be um, and can be and probably is. Do you get that sense? Is K-State's defense getting the love that it deserves with what it's able to do and what it can be this year? No, because it's the strength of this team, but nationally everyone wants to talk about Deuce Vaughn for good reason, and they want to talk about Adrian Martinez for good reason. And it means this defense has just kind of slipped under the radar you know, I think a lot of people in the national media have no idea that Felix Andy D.K. Uzama was the preseason defensive player of the year. If they don't look at the list, they would never probably come up with that name. Um, and the fact that, you know, Daniel Deuce Green at linebacker and Julius Brents at corner gives someone, K-State someone at every level of the defense that was first team all Big 12. And there's a lot of other guys around them. And we found out in game one that Kobe Savage, new safety out of Tyler, Texas Community College, is going to be a fan favorite and is one heck of a football player. So this defense is, is loaded as long as they're like everything else. They can avoid serious injuries at key spots. Missouri has on offense a couple of guys that uh, really showed up in that week one game against Louisiana Tech, their quarterback Brady Cook. Superstar freshman uh, running back Luther Burden is there too. Uh, wh- what do you see uh, as far as the weapons that Missouri has and, and how can K-State's defense combat that? Uh, yeah, Luther Burden is a, a burden. I mean, he's special. Uh, he's yep. uh, um, he's a receiver, ran, you know, caught three passes for a touchdown. Right. Uh, also came out of the, the, the backfield for a uh, – uh, on a quarterback, uh, Wildcat, that he scored a touchdown. He's, he's something else. They've got great athletes. They've got SEC talent at Missouri. And that, you know, if you line up the Jimmy's and Joe's, I've said this all week, Missouri wins. You line up the two teams, K-State's probably going to win by 10 or more. Uh, But if this becomes about athletes, advantage Missouri. That's interesting. Um, I 
I just don't know what's what's the vibe with Colin Klein right now. I think Colin Klein's uh, performance this year is as or more important than Adrian Martinez's. Um, is it? Did we did we close the playbook against South Dakota? Do you believe that? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. They didn't show hardly anything, and and what we saw was uh, for the most part familiar. There's a few little tweaks in there, but uh, you know Chris Kleiman even said that. They haven't even dug into what they're going to do because they, the guys had to learn basically an all-new offense. Well, we didn't see an all-new offense last Saturday, so uh, we saw things that we were familiar with. And I think things that he wants to you know, keep in the base offense, that, that running it over and over in a game probably helped the team. But, you know, this is a life-comes-at-you-fast thing. Last, two t- last time these two teams met in 2011, Colin Klein was a quarterback, and he wasn't even a senior. Um, and, and now he's the offensive coordinator. So it's kind of been a remarkable progression for Colin. And I think we're all eager to see a lot more from this playbook. And, and I think we'll all walk away disappointed on Saturday afternoon if we didn't see much different that we expected. Well, unless, though, and we can finish with this, unless that isn't another effective a strategy, with all the talk of Colin Klein and what he's capable of, and, and obviously I'm interested in the same thing, don't you think at their core – locking people down defensively and pounding it down their throat is still the lifeblood of K-State football? It's the lifeblood of football. I mean, it really is. I think a lot of coaches got away from it uh, with the spread offense, and then when they needed to do those things, they were incapable of doing it. And I think Colin understands that. He wants to be able to spread the field. He wants to be able to go fast. But he's got to have the elements in there of more traditional football of slowing it down, uh, running the clock out so your opponent simply can't score enough points and just running the ball at people and adding in how demoralizing that can be for a defense. You know, not to give up the sudden strike, but to just get pounded, outmanned, play after play until a touchdown scored. Colin knows that. That's how he played football. Oh, man. I love it. I love it, Tim. Uh, let's let's get ready for next week. This segment's going to be a lot of fun one way or the other after the Missouri game. And, and hang in there on the Wabash Cannonball. It just those kids are not going to stop unless something is offered to them an incentive. I'm telling you, telling you, well, they're going to keep going. Well, I know, I know. Um, It's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens this week. I would encourage you guys. I just put we just released my daily delivery video on this topic, and I take a rather different take approach to it than I have here um, because there was no bleed button on the show. So well, I, that's that good. And how do people find it? How how can we find that, Tim? Go to gopowercat.com. It's up there right now. It's a daily delivery on this topic. And uh, I had a little fun with the topic. Let's put it that way. Heck, yeah. All right, gopowercat.com. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, get on there. Check out the work that they do. Love following those guys uh, as they get all the inside stuff with K-State, and they have fun doing it. Tim, appreciate it. Let's do it again next week. Okay, boys. Great to talk to you. All right, there goes Fitz. We're going to take a quick break. That's everything for K-State. Let's look ahead. Let's talk uh, some NFL as we get ready to open the game tonight. What do Tommy and I like? Uh, We'll take a look at that. Fantasy football season's getting underway. It's all there for us. Sports Daily continues after this.
Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH, taking you through a Thursday edition. Been a lot of fun as we've covered a lot so far. It is the beginning of the NFL season, Tommy, which means we got we got to look ahead to this thing tonight. And we've got the Bills and the Rams. What a matchup. Uh, perhaps the game of the week. There's a lot of good ones in there. But when you've got the defending Super Bowl champs hosting as underdogs, the perceived Super Bowl chance by the best odds, that creates all the drama you need right there. We've talked about, you know, all the bets and everything. Just from a football perspective, I, I like the Rams to win this game. I, I think the Rams, and I've said this as we've made our way through predictions, I don't think the Rams are getting enough love as a Super Bowl favorite or just in general. I know they lost Von Miller, and I know they lost Whitworth, their left tackle. Those are two big losses, potential Hall of Fame players there. But, man, they got a lot coming back. They add Allen Robinson to the offense, who I think is really, really good. Uh, their running backs are a little bit healthier. The only concern I have is Stafford's potential arm injury. But I just I feel like the Rams are, are not getting enough love. They're not getting a lot of love. And I, I think there's one, one reason that they should be getting more love, and that's Sean McVay. Um, in, in the six years that Sean McVay has been the head coach for the Rams— He's never had a losing record. That means that he's always won his opening game. And I don't see any reason why that would change this year. Now, obviously, they're playing the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of people perceive to be the favorites in the AFC and the favorites to win the whole thing. But man, you're really, when you're not looking at the Rams to win this game and they're home underdogs, that's a little disrespectful to the defending Super Bowl champions. And so I, I like the Rams in this as well. Uh, I bet on them. I bet the money line. I think in one, I have one bet on the money line, one bet on the on the spread, just because the spread's not that high. Uh, but yeah, I like the Rams a lot, uh, and I really don't see any reason as to why they wouldn't win this game. Well, I mean, I the, the reason I think is that the Bills are really good. Um, well, sure, you know that that's the reason. And Tre'Davious White, I believe, is out for this game, and he's their all-world corner. So I do think that's an interesting development that's probably not getting enough run. The other thing about this game that intrigues me, and I would never touch the over/under in this one because I I think every outcome is possible. You know, I I like both of these defenses quite a bit. And I think both of these defenses are going to end up being two of the better units in football. And I do think that's a factor in this game. I think I think it could be a little slower going offensively than people suspect. It's why I've shied away from all the player props. I, I just, to me, there's not a clear read on this game. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited about it. And one of the reasons why I just am deferring to a Rams win, I'm with you, is that I could see a defensive showdown because these will be two of the better defenses in football. And, you know, for Buffalo, you, you've got the Buffalo's loaded, but the Rams are a good pass defense and they have Donald and can they put pressure on it? And on the flip side, the Rams probably aren't going to be able to run the ball tremendously. So can they take advantage of a weakened Buffalo's secondary? I think one of the beautiful things about this game is its unpredictability and I'm all in on that. I, I I love that aspect of it. I could see every outcome possible with a winner, but also with a this is a defensive game, this is an offensive game. This is just a, a tricky one to look at and get a real good feel for, and I think that makes it fun. I love the opportunity that Josh Allen has to really air the football out in this game. Um, you know, we we know that one of the the weaker spots offensively for Buffalo is probably their running game. 
Um, it, and when I say weaker, I mean, it's just, it's not as solid as Josh Allen and the receiving core that he has. Um, so I like Josh Allen being able to throw the football a lot. And I think he's going to need to in this game for the bills to have a good chance to win at the same time on the other side of the ball. We talked to, we, we've even mentioned it in this show earlier today about how Allen Robinson has now joined the Rams. And so Matthew Stafford has another target. I like him considering that defenses are really going to be zeroing in on Cooper cup and the historic season that he had last year. So I like this matchup from a quarterback perspective between Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford and who can outduel each other. And, you know, I, I, I look back to, and I don't think this game is going to be, I don't think this game is going to be similar all the way to the game I'm about to reference, but I do see some comparisons to that Monday night football game a couple of years ago when the chiefs played the Rams and it was a shootout you know, 55 to 52 or whatever the final score was in that game, because both defenses are better than those two defenses were uh, a couple of years ago on that Monday night game. That being said, there was a duel that was going on at the time. It was Jared Goff in LA, but between Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes, I think there's going to be a little bit of a duel going on between Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford. So I find that to be intriguing as well. And who is going to be able to out throw the other one? I think it may come down to that. I think, oh, what do I think it'll come down to? Man, um, I think it'll come down to the Bills being able to stop the Rams receivers without without White there. That would, I guess, be my key, and it's one of the reasons I like the Rams. Um, that'll be the key to a Bills win. A key to a Rams win? Hmm. Pro- I, I suppose stopping Josh Allen from, you know, running a ton? I, I don't know. I don't know. I I love it. I'm having a hard time with it. I think it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a fun game for the NFL. You get it right there on display. You get all the NFL does such a good job of this on these openers. You have Josh Allen, who a lot of people, by the way, have crowned as the best quarterback in football. You have the defending champs. You have all the celebrations. You get to talk about the Aaron Donald wacky practice helmet swinging fiasco like all all the dramas there you have Cooper Cup coming off of his season like it's all there what a perfect game for the opener to get everybody excited to go into um into the weekend all right so we I, I've mentioned that there's not a lot there that you know I'm taking the Rams money line I'm a little scared of the player props I think I have the over on Stafford's pass attempts because I do think the Rams are going to try and take advantage of the Bills secondary um, so that's that's the player prop I have something on. I don't even remember what it is with all the promotions and things going on. A touchdown score I like with decent odds. Dawson Knox, that's one I kind of like is him to get a touchdown. Anything else uh, on the slate that you're looking at from a betting perspective? Yeah, a couple of player props uh, for both teams receiving-wise. I've got Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, and Allen Robinson uh, each having 50-plus yards and, and uh, in, in receiving in this game. I think that the we're going to see both teams throwing the football quite a bit. We, we know what Cooper Cup can do. I think with the added attention defensively that the Bills will put on Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson should get his, and then we know what Stephon, can, uh, what Stephon Diggs can do as well. So I like all three of them uh, to, to get a good amount of receiving yards in this game, so I like those player props as well. Uh, I'm with you. I've got the, the Rams on the money line. Uh, and then I think I actually have a bet with them covering the spread as well, because, you know, at, at this point, the line is is two and a half. Um, I think they can cover that. I mean, you're looking at a field goal victory at that point. Um, and I, I think that's ultimately, you know, 
with the fact the Rams are playing at home, maybe a little bit of home field advantage there. I mean, it's, it's really a coin flip at that point uh, when you've got a two and a half point underdog or the, the Bills is a two and a half point favorite and, and the Rams are at home. Um, but I, I do have a little bit of money on the spread and on the money line. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, those are that. By the way, that uh, that little parlay on the player props that you mentioned, those receivers to go over fifty, that is available, I believe, on BetMGM. I think that one, and it may even be a boosted one. So if you're sharing a brain with Tommy on that, you can find that one on BetMGM. Um, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. We love it. The NFL's back uh, tomorrow. We'll go through picks. You know, Tommy and I both like the Rams in this one. Take that for what it's worth. It might not be a good sign, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> After but, how I did last week in betting, that might not be a good sign. By the way, Buffalo also has to go coast to coast, which, you know, used to be a thing. And I don't know if it still is or if it's that big a deal in the opening week. So they've had uh, they've had all that. But here we go. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. That's tonight. We'll break it all down tomorrow. We'll go through all of our picks tomorrow. Jad's got the... Uh, Jad's going to hold us to task on our preseason with the picks last week. We all we had our little preseason doesn't count to the overall record, but that starts in full this week. Paul Savage will join us, uh, and we'll go through picks. That's always a fun segment, and it'll be even more fun now. I'm I'm excited about that because you know, there's there's sort of money on the line each and every time. Let, potentially, hey, let me let, let me ask you really quick. As far as a one game parlay on BetMGM is concerned, this one's intriguing to me. I haven't bet it yet. I want to know what you think. Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford each to throw for 305 yards or more and 53 plus total points scored. No. And the odds on that, it's 52 uh, and a half to one on those, a- now, on those I, odds. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't think Josh Allen's going to throw for a ton of yards in this game. Really? I, I can see all the, there's a lot of things that are, you know, predicated on the bills passing the ball. I like the Rams secondary. I, I think, no, I, I'm not going to take any of the Bills passing props. I might take some Rams passing props, but I don't think I'm going to take any Bills passing props because, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's out there. Aaron Donald's going to be in there mixing it up a little bit. I, I don't I don't like the Bills passing props in this game. I think He's going to have to throw the really ball good. to win, though, right? I mean, you know, Yeah, they Josh can't Allen run the ball. It, yeah, right. I, I, that's what I mean about this. That, yeah, they don't run the ball well, but that's what I mean about this game being unpredictable is, like, the strengths and weaknesses don't jive well together. So I don't like the Bills' passing props, even though I know they're going to have to pass the ball to win. And when I said I think the Rams' key will be holding Josh Allen down in the run game, like, Josh Allen's running prop in this one's probably good. I think I saw it at, like, 35 yards. That's a decent one that I might be – because I think that's how the Bills are going to do it. They'll extend drives that way. Um, the Bills are going to have to have their defense step up a little bit. It, it's it's unpredictable. I, I don't like the Bills passing props. I don't like them. But, I, I mean, look, they could come out and light it up. That 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 possibility exists. They're They're really good. Obviously, they're the Super Bowl favorite for a reason. Just saying, like, I don't feel a good – read on any of these now passing attempts for Josh Allen yeah I could get on board with that because I do think that's I I told you I took the I took the Stafford over I think 36 attempts I think they'll try to do it whether they can do it though I think is something something a little different a little risky for my blood well there's a one game parlay that maybe would fit you better than Cooper Cup to score one one or more touchdowns, Allen Robinson to record 75 or more receiving yards, and Matt Stafford to throw for 305 or more yards. That one takes Josh Allen out of the picture. 
you're really focused on the Rams at that point, throwing the football. That might be a decent one-game parlay for you then. Yeah, if I'm looking for odds on this game, I I would I would here here's the bet, and I'm not going to make it. My my odds is just taking the Rams money line. But if I needed one that provided a little better to odds, I would take the Rams to win by one to six points, which is plus three twenty five at BetMGM, because I do think it'll be a close game. I do think the Rams will win. You get that margin one to six. They win it in that margin. You get three to one odds basically. That's where I would go for an odds bet in this one. I'm not going to because I already have enough at stake with the Rams just winning the game in general, but that's where I'd go if I was looking for better odds. Well, I mean, yeah, there's certainly a lot of options out there on BetMGM. Of course, you can bet money line, the spread. You can do one-game parlays, player props. It's all there. And, man, how exciting is it? How exciting is it? You mentioned at the top of the show about how you haven't even set your fantasy lineups yet. I haven't either. Like, I don't even think I've opened, I haven't opened the app since I drafted. Like I've been so busy, like placing bets and looking at spreads and parlays and all of that. Um, I probably should do that today. Yeah, it's a good day to do it. Make sure your Thursdays are in there uh, and your players are set. And then this weekend, I don't even know. I'm, I'm going out to the fair uh, for KWCH this weekend and talking to folks. I I just feel like Sunday morning is going to be nuts or Sunday at 11 o'clock or whatever it ends up being but it, it's so much fun god we love football here we go football time baby it's officially here tonight we are into the fall season so long summer see you later it's the fall's turn now and hopefully the weather cooperates and we get an awesome fall but it's always awesome because we get football all right we'll come back uh we'll hit any more outstanding topics maybe have time for a call or 2869-1240 is the number it's all Brockton Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. Let's give away some tickets here uh, as we go to break. We have one more pair. I believe it's one more pair for our NHL showdown coming on September 24th to Interest Bank Arena. Arizona Coyotes, St. Louis Blues, your chance to win a pair of tickets. Wichita hosts one of four first games of the NHL preseason. Again, that's September 24th. Let's do that for caller number 3869-1240. Jad will get us a winner during the break. We'll come back with more Sports Daily after this. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, alongside you. Happy to have you on board with us today. As we get ready for the football season, Tommy, you sent me this during the break. This is interesting. Um, what did you find out there? This has to do with K-State. Explain it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, so there was a, a tweet uh, that came out yesterday uh, from Matt Brown, uh, who's a, the senior editor for The Athletic uh, College Football he says that Kansas State, I didn't know this, Kansas State is the only Power 5 program in America that has had all of its AP-ranked uh, AP finishes under one coach, that coach, of course, being Bill Snyder. And then the question is, think there's a chance that that could change this year. So the question is, can Chris Kleiman lead Kansas State to being ranked in the AP pool at the end of the season? The only coach in the history of Kansas State football to do that is Bill Snyder. What do you think? Um, that's wild, and it doesn't surprise me. And, yes, I think K-State will finish inside the top 25 this year. I do think that'll happen. Um, whether, you know, where that puts them in the Big 12, I'm not sure. But I do think that they'll be inside the top 25. It, and I think they'll flirt with it all year, but I think they can finish there. I think it's possible. And that's a high expectation. That's if they reach their expectations. But I think that's achievable and, and attainable. Um Right? Don't you? Don't you? Yeah. No, I think that that is absolutely within reach. Um, you know, I hammered the over on the win total for Kansas State at the beginning of the year, which was six and a half. Uh, I think they can do more than that. They've got the personnel to do it. They've got one of, if not the best running backs in the entire country, a solid defense that we saw last week against South Dakota. Really, as we talked about with Tim Fitzgerald, the only question mark is what can Adrian Martinez do and can he flourish in the, the system? Can he be what Kansas State needs him to be? at the quarterback position. That's about the only question mark that I have right now on, you know, Kansas state and, and kind of standing between them and whether it's a bowl game or an eight win season, or even being ranked in the top 25. But I, I think that really, you know, there aren't a lot of holes outside of just that. And, and I'm not even suggesting that Adrian Martinez is a hole necessarily. I just think that it's a, it's a question. We don't know yet what Adrian Martinez is, but the rest of what Chris Kleiman has put together is pretty solid right now. Yeah. I, again, I think the more my, my question right now is more on Colin Klein than Adrian Martinez. I, I guess my, I've been really careful 
to set expectations for Adrian Martinez because I don't I don't want to expect more than he's done over a long college career already, right? Like that's that's my thing there. I want to see what Colin Klein can do to unlock some things in the offense regardless of whether it's Adrian Martinez or not. I, I, I'm more interested in seeing that, I think. Um, but they both obviously will have to work hand-in-hand hand if this team's going to reach their ultimate goal. I just think that it's going to be very important that Colin Klein puts Adrian Martinez in good positions to be successful because I don't want to expect too much out of Adrian Martinez, the player, versus what we've always seen from Adrian Martinez. I think that's fair. I mean, it's we, we talked about it earlier in the week about how what Adrian Martinez had in Nebraska is significantly different than what he has in Manhattan. And it's a different scheme. It, he's got different personnel around him. You know, he goes from Scott Frost as a head coach to Chris Kleiman as a head coach. Colin Klein is the offensive coordinator. And then he's got a running back that's dynamic and Deuce Vaughn right next to him. And so I think the expectations should be a little tempered for Adrian Martinez. He's got the, he's got the athleticism. He has the tools to do it. It's just a question of whether or not the offensive game plan will allow him to. And we, we talked about it earlier in the week about how eventually Kansas State is going to get into Big 12 games where they could very easily fall behind an Oklahoma State or a Baylor or an OU. And you're going to need to see Adrian Martinez air the ball out. I think he can. It's just a question of whether or not he will. I cannot wait for that game. I cannot wait for KU at the same time. We're going to pick both of those games tomorrow. And I'm, I, I know where I'm at with K-State. I don't know where I'm at yet with KU on that line. But we'll, we'll, we got some time to think about it. We'll do that tomorrow. Those will be two of the picks we make. We're doing picks. We'll do that. It'll be about this time uh, tomorrow where we'll be going through that. We'll have some fun with it. Okay, let's take our final break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily on the NFL opening day. It's a great day to be an American start a football season all across the board. Uh, Jad, what's going on? Oh, sorry. I thought I thought Jad had something for me. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Sports Daily wraps up after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.